This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. We are back. It is week six of high school football. I'm Chris Goforth. He's Chandler Morrison. Locked and loaded for a big, big week. We're going to talk South Pittsburgh and Red Bank, an old rivalry with Bledsoe County and Sequatchie County. We've got uh, Tyner taking on Alcoa this week. You've got Udawa in Saudi Daisy this week. And over in the private school division, you've got Chattanooga Christian taking on uh, Christian Academy of Knoxville. That game will be in Knoxville. So, look, it's one thing, Chandler, when we can talk about a South Pittsburgh Red Bank week. That's a big deal. A rivalry game like Bledsoe County and Sequatchie, that's a big deal. But, man, we've got Tyner going on to uh, take on the big bad uh, tornado from Alcoa this week. There's just, this may be, honestly, this may be the best week of high school football that we've got in terms of games. Yeah, I think it, from the outset, it's been the best game we've been, the best week we've been able to preview. I think there have been, and we may, and this may change after this week, but I think we've had some good weeks that we thought were going to be okay and they turned into great weeks. I think this is the best week we've been able to go into it knowing, hey, we're going to have some fantastic matchups. Let's hop into it. Well, first, let me tell you this. You can find us on Twitter at SETN Preps. Uh, SETN Preps. You can find us there. You can find us uh, online at uh, SETNPreps.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just do a search, SETN Preps. You can find me at Crisco4th1 on Twitter. You can find Chandler Morrison at Sports Chandler. So there's all the all the niceties. If you found this uh, podcast, whether you've been with us for we started this thing last year, so if you if you haven't been with us before, where have you been? Uh, but go yeah. right now, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We would definitely appreciate it, and we love having you on uh, along for the ride here as we take you through this uh, this high school football season. All right, Chandler, let's get into it. Let's do this. Let's go South Pittsburgh and a Red Bank to lead things off. You're talking about two of the best, maybe the very best defenses in our area. Most points that Red Bank has given up is 16, and that was to a team from 6A in Ottawa. South Pittsburgh has allowed only four touchdowns in five games. Uh, Both of these teams have great coaching staffs. You've got Sean Peake, who had a lot of success just across the state line from South Pittsburgh down at North Jackson High School. He calls the Pirate defense now. You've got Ted Lockerbie, a former head coach in the area, as the defensive coordinator now at Red Bank. Ted Gatewood, the former East Hamilton coach, he's coaching the defensive line there. South Pittsburgh, a couple of years ago, they had some really epic battles with Signal Mountain. And I think this series, this year and next year, are going to be amazing. This is not the first time that these two teams have met. Now, a lot of people probably won't remember this, but these two teams have played seven times previously. South Pittsburgh won five of those seven meetings. They played in 1942, 43, and 44. They played again in 56, 57, 58, and 59. Uh, Red Bank won the first meeting in 42, and they won the second meeting 
or they won another meeting in 1957. At one time, Red Bank was a member of the old Tennessee Valley Conference in the uh, back in the 1940s, along with uh, South Pittsburgh and some other Sequatchie Valley and Hamilton County schools. So, um, not that any of that means anything today, but this will be the first time in 60 years that South Pittsburgh and, and Red Bank have uh, squared off against each other. And before you start thinking that I'm uh, older than you already think I am, Chandler, I did not see any of those games in person. But our good friend, our good friend Steve Daffron, who runs the uh, the Whitwell football page on Facebook, Steve sent me those because he compiled that uh, in some of the research. Steve has done just massive amounts of research on Whitwell football and the old Sequatchie Valley Conference, and um, it's it's. I mean, he's got like tombs and tombs of of. Uh, research that he's done so steve actually sent that to me so if you don't like it or you're not a fan of it already he posts all kinds of stuff like that all the time on the uh um, history of whitwell football uh fan page on facebook so go check that out if you haven't already but uh steve has certainly done his homework so let's get to this game now and i hate to say this because this is like the most cliched thing to say when it comes to talking about a game, but you got two good quarterbacks, Braden Sanders at South Pittsburgh, Maddox Wilkie at Red Bank. Who blinks mm-hmm. first? Who makes the first mistake? Yeah. You know, I, look, I don't think South Pittsburgh has seen a running back yet like Lemire Strickland. As a matter of fact, I think Lemire Strickland may be the best player that South Pittsburgh has seen so far. And I, but at the same time, I don't know that Red Bank's offense is really clicked. I don't think we've seen Red Bank offensively play the well, play the way they are capable of playing, especially when you look at it and they've got so many different playmakers. So I really think this game comes down to who makes the mistakes and who's able to take advantage of them. Uh, you know, turnover battle, turnover battle, turnover battle. Win the turnover battle. I think you win this game. Yeah, Chris. I mean, one team's going to leave undefeated. It's a top two matchup of the year. I think for me, like this, this game and the South Pittsburgh Mexican game were probably the top two on my radar. We'll learn a lot about both of these teams. I think that this is the first time both these teams are going to be truly tested. I know Red Bank had Uwa a few weeks ago, but you know, I don't know what, I don't know how this matchup is going to look other than the fact that I know these are two great teams with Athletes all over the field on both sides of the ball and stellar defenses, Chris. This is just made to be like an epic battle, you know, Chris. Honestly, I don't know if we're going to get a 50-50 game or a 7-7 game. I mean, that's how unpredictable this is. And all I know is I think it's going to be close. And I think both of these teams are going to step away and they're going to learn something about themselves and these games, what they need to fix and what they do really, really well that people can't stop. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think you're um, – and, again, kudos to both of these coaches. I know we've said it a couple of times on this podcast already, mm-hmm. but kudos to these coaches for stepping up and making a schedule like this because this is this is fun. And I think the mm-hmm. atmosphere Friday night at Red Bank should just be – Red Bank Community Stadium and Tom Weathersfield 
I'll be disappointed if it's not rocking. I mean, I, I think um, I think it will be a um, I think it'll be a fantastic atmosphere there. Let's move on. We got a big rivalry game coming up over in the Sequatchie Valley as Bledsoe County tangles with Sequatchie County. Chandler, this is one of those. If you would have asked me back in August, I would have said Sequatchie County wins this game easily. Right now, I'm not so sure about that. I really like what Dwayne Tabor has done at Bledsoe County and what they've been able to create. So what they lost to Tyner, big deal. A lot of people lose to Tyner. Bledsoe County beat East Ridge. Sequatchie County lost to East Ridge. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually the first guy to say, well, you can't compare scores. But I think Bledsoe right now is a better team. Um, but, again, it's a rivalry game, so who knows what can happen. But, man, I, I really like the difference that Dwayne Tabor has made at Bledsoe County. This is probably the most evenly matched game in this rivalry that we've seen in a while. And I know a couple of people are looking back to that 15, 15 or 13 and one uh, Sequatchie season where it was a 15, 12 ball game. But, but Chris, this is probably the one coming in that seems the most evenly matched on paper. I know they say throw the stats, throw the scorebook, throw everything out the window, Chris. But honestly, this is like as close as I think this rivalry has ever been to having two just evenly matched teams across the board. One runs the ball really well. One can throw the ball and beat you that way too. And in both defenses, they've got just that grit that you get from the Sequatchie Valley, Chris. Sequatchie is riding a win streak coming into this, not in the season, but in this rivalry, Chris. You want to take a guess on the last time Bledsoe County lost to Sequatchie County? Uh, you mean the last time Bledsoe County won? Yes. yes yeah. Sorry. Last time Bledsoe County won would probably be, what was the year where they had the great run under Coach Real there? Was that? 2011, yeah. Was that yeah. 2011? It was not. It was 2012. So 2012. Okay, I was a year off. So yeah, I want to so, say the last time Bledsoe won was 2012. Am I right? Yes, that that is 2012. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, honestly, the last, the first, the the one that started that, just so you kind of get a little context, Chris. I was in, I was a senior in high school when that streak started. Okay, and now I'm out of college. So uh, it's been a little while, Chris, and not that I matter or anything, or not that I made like the win and play in that game or anything. I didn't. Don't, I was a lineman. Uh, but I, I think Bledsoe County is coming into this, and a lot of people, like when I first saw Bledsoe County come out and beat East Ridge, a lot of people were ask, asking me, hey, what do you think about this game? And I said, you know, because everybody's community comes out, everybody says, hey, what do you think? Chris, I told every one of them, hey, I know I'm purple and gold, to the day I die, but Bledsoe County's probably going to get the win this year because I just have that much faith in Dwayne Tabor. And, you know, if you're going to ask me right now, I'm going with the fighting Tabors in this one. Yeah, I mean, I can't uh, I can't argue with you at all on that one. Right now, today, I feel like Bledsoe County is, is, is a better team. Um, I thought Sequatchie County played really, really well week one when – when they have faced a good team in South Pittsburgh, you know, they played mm-hmm. them pretty close. They gave South Pittsburgh more trouble than anybody else South Pittsburgh has seen this year. So, yeah. for whatever that's worth. Tyner yeah. and Alcoa. Well, it's a whole new challenge for Tyner. I, I don't know yeah. that they have seen what all Alcoa is going to throw at them. Um, 
who has, Chris? Yeah, I just don't know. <laughs> you know, if they can't control this game long enough, and I mean control the game, dictate the tempo, ball control, win the line of scrimmage, those are the things that Tyner's going to have to do to be able to keep themselves in this and, and have a chance. This is a really big challenge for them. Jeremiah Baptiste, he's got to be involved at wide receiver. Tyner's got to find a way to get him the ball more. Look at what Bradley Central is doing with Trey Curry right now. They're playing him at running back so they can get him the ball some uh, or get the ball to him more. Baptiste may be the best player on the field Friday night. Tyner's got to find a way to get him the ball more, something other than just having him run pass routes, whether that's a jet sweep, whether that's line him up in the backfield, whatever. you got to figure out how to make that happen uh, if you're Tyner, if, if you're going to have a legitimate shot to win this game. you got to have a big night from Jeremiah Baptiste. Yeah, and Chris, I, I don't know what the final score is going to look like on this one. Uh, you know, And I know that that, that Howard Law you know, kind of takes some – some kind of like wind out of the sails for people who are looking at Tyner. But this is still a really, really good Tyner team that's beat up on some 4A teams. Um, and, and this is still a really, really good Tyner team that I know it's it's a long shot, Chris, but they're on the road. Um, and going to Alcoa is really, really intimidating. Okay, you know, it's one thing having Alcoa at your place. They come in, you know, you know just intense. But going to Alcoa – and you go to the place where they got all those trophies in the cases, and, and you see that, you know, it's really intimidating, Chris. And I'm not so sure that this game this year is, is going to be Tyner's game because everybody we've talked to, Chris, has said Alcoa is just going to get better. Like, they, I don't know, I, you know, we were talking earlier this season that if you were going to get Alcoa, you should have done it last year because that was their down year, you know. Um, but – you know, I think it's going to be really, really tough for Tyner to go in there and win this one. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. Let's talk Udawa Saudi Daisy for a minute now. Really impressed with Jaquan Greenhill, the running back at Udawa. Ran for over 200 yards against Bradley last week. Scott Chandler said last week, uh, when I had a chance to talk to him before that game, he said, we haven't found an identity yet on offense. And I think a big problem for them early in the year has been their offensive line. Udawa has four starters back on offensive line. They've got Benoit, uh, and I forget the kid's first name. Benoit is his last name. He's part of the the uh, the Times Free Press Dynamite Dozen. He may be the best offensive lineman in the area. And they haven't consistently gotten the push they need and you expect those guys with four starters back and a lot of experience and a lot of talent, you expect those guys to be pancaking people, and that's not happened. They got a good push in the first half against Bradley Friday. They had a little bit of success. Now you do it again, and you got to do it for four quarters this time. Because I don't believe that Udawa can stop Saudi Daisy's offense. So you got to try to, every offensive possession they have is going to be so important, whether it's through field goals or touchdowns, whatever. You've got to find a way every time you get the ball to try to come away with some points if you're going to stay in this kind of game. Um, the way Bradley passed against them, against Udawa last week, I think Saudi Daisy could have a big night through the air Friday night. 
and, and Chris, I think both of these teams are looking for some kind of momentum swing because Udawah, when you lose to Bradley Central like that, that's not exactly what you wanted to do. I know the Bradley Central has been Bradley Central this year, have been really good. But still, this is a region opponent. You, you want to be competitive with them, and they just kind of, you know, after a while, it just got to where it was a numbers game. Uh, and when you look at Saudi Daisy down the barrel too, Chris, I mean, they're a team that's kind of been disappointed this year. I think we were picking them to win that region at the beginning of the year, Chris, and now, you know, I think Ray County kind of leads the herd there. But to me, Chris, whoever wins this game is going to get a big momentum shift coming up in the next few weeks. And both of them are going to need it because they're going to play some region opponents and they're going to play some tough battles coming up. So I think that's the most important thing because it's not a region matchup between these two. It's still a great game. But who gets the momentum shift going into the rest of the season here? It's going to be an interesting one to see how it plays out. I, again, can Udawa hang with Saudi Daisy? I think that's the real question. Chattanooga Christian School, they take on uh, Christian Academy of Knoxville. The next three games for CCS, this game against CAK, they get Knoxville Grace, they get Notre Dame. I think these three games are going to determine, the next three games will determine CCS's season. We are halfway through the season now, and you're fighting for playoff spot. And if not for a spot, mm-hmm. you're fighting for seeding at this point. And I think the next mm-hmm. three weeks, and it starts this week against CAK, is just uh, – I mean, I think they're games that CCS just has to have. Has to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, I think a lot of people are looking at them, and they're seeing two and two. Those two losses are to Macaulay and Baylor, and you know, even at the Division Two level, there's a big difference between AAA and AA there. Oh yeah, listen, they their schedule to start the season when you play those two teams, their schedule is brutal. And I, but I think that's one of the things that helped them some against Boyd Buchanan mm-hmm. because I think the game moved a little slower and was probably a little easier for those kids. On not to not Boyd Buchanan, don't get me wrong, but when you've played that kind of a schedule. Man, it, it only, you know, and then you go up against somebody who's more your own size, the game kind of slows down a little bit. And I think that's what, uh, that, that's what Chattanooga Christian was able to take advantage of Friday night. Yeah. And Chris, I think you're right when you say the next three weeks are going to determine how this season goes and really whether they make the playoffs or not. Because, you know, if you win two out of the next three, you're going to be in pretty good shape going into the playoffs especially if you're competitive with the one you lose. I think this CAK is going to tell us a lot about – it may not tell us exactly how far they're going to get in the playoffs, but it's going to tell us a lot about whether they're going to be gritty enough to make it make a run into the playoffs. Because when you have to go on the road to an Knoxville school, we just saw last week Notre Dame lost to Knoxville Grace. And, you know, I know it's kind of like, well, but that was just a fluke. Well, who knows? You know, maybe just that road trip is kind of a test and – Going to play at CAK is, is no no walk in the park, Chris, but um, it's going to tell us a lot about CCS and if they can be a contender this year because now with that Notre Dame loss, CCS kind of gets bumped up a little bit, and now a win against Notre Dame is going to, you know, here in a what? Uh, I think that's uh, two weeks from now. That could really, really boost them up and, and launch them into the playoffs. Looking forward to that matchup. That's it. We got you ready. You're set. Five of the biggest games from week six. We break them down, talk about them here on SETN Preps. Make sure you're back with us uh, again early next week. We'll have a uh, complete look back at week six, and we'll start to get you ready for week number seven, Baylor and Macaulay. 
coming up next week. But first, man, do we have some good Friday night football this week. So get out, take in some football, enjoy it. If you don't have a team, adopt one. If your team isn't playing this week, if they're off this week, go watch another game somewhere because there are plenty of great games that you can go and be a part of. So get out there and check it out. Of course, you can always find us on Twitter at SETN Preps. You can find me at Crisco Fourth One. Chandler Morrison is at Sports Chandler. Um, so make sure you look us up. Check out our Facebook page. If you've missed an episode of uh, SETN Preps, hop on Facebook, scroll through the timeline. You'll be surprised at what all you can find, uh, including some video and everything else there. So look forward to uh, to having you guys with us again next week for SETN Preps. <laughs>